the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the fun Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. I have to admit, I was sitting back at my desk sort of daydreaming. Have you looked out the window? Have you seen the sunshine and the puffy clouds? It's a beautiful day. Not only that, it's going to remain, we are told, beautiful weather through the weekend and right in through next week. And you uh, said, hey, do we really have to do this today? As you came running down the hall and I said, well, the band has already started playing. So, yeah, today, yes. Uh, Maybe we should all just ponder the beauty of nature. It is gorgeous. Out. It really is. Mm. It is. I'm looking forward to wandering out um, in a couple of hours mm-hmm. and enjoying a little time in the sunshine and, and a little time uh, over the weekend. And now, tomorrow morning. Get yourself morning, stuck in traffic and enjoy that. Well, there, that is the, true. That is true. The sunroof down. You know, I never do you the sunroof. You don't have that, yeah. Oh, I mean, I have it, but I just never open it. I kind of forget. I loaned my brother, no, I loaned my car to my brother. I don't loan him out, but I loaned my car. And he rolled the windows down. It just never occurs to me to roll the windows down. It was so nice to have a breeze in the car. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but it's been so long since we've had nice weather. I sort of forgot what you do. It's the most ridiculous thing I've heard today. Oh, it's going to get more, it's going to get ridiculouser (laughs) (laughs) if you you keep listening. Mm. But we are glad to have you with us. And on Fridays, despite everything that's going on, the headlines, the uh, revelations, new information, accusations. We're going to step away from that for the next couple of hours, and we're going to pretend like it's just not happening. The president's kind of trying to do that, too, uh, taking that long road trip. <laughs> Quite fortunate that his trip, which was planned before all of this broke, uh, happens right about now. I'm sure it's a bit of a relief to step away for it, from it for a moment. And I say a moment because the minute the uh, plane touches down and he addresses anybody, other than the dignitaries he's planning on. It's going to come up, so he's not completely off the hook. But we are. We are completely off the hook. So we're going to enjoy doing something else today. Yay! (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And, in fact, we're going to uh, encourage you later in the program to help us think through some of the stuff that we may have forgotten over these last many wet months uh, you know, when the sun comes out, you have to remind yourself. Like you, okay, apparently, you... how to roll down the windows of your car. Absolutely. Or that it's, you know, it's a pleasant thing to do. Uh, normally, you roll the window down and you end up having to, you know, um, dry yourself off because there's so much moisture uh, falling from the sky. That's not the case today or for the next several days. Anyway, we'll get into that a bit later in the program. So are you having a good day, Clark? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Got some things done and uh, happy Looking about that. Looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, celebrating the anniversary this weekend. We didn't do it last week. Yeah, the anniversary was last week, but yeah. you're going to have an opportunity yeah. to celebrate. Well, again, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Taking the we one with us, and that'll be interesting. Yeah, the produce of your the produce. union. <laughs> Taking the produce with us. <laughs> Well, I asked see. her last night. I said, uh, mm-hmm. "We're gonna we're gonna go on this trip. Is it okay if we leave you at home by yourself?" No, I want to go. Okay, well you can go. Oh, how cute! Yeah, she's just the cutest thing. She is. Right now, I have a picture of her. It was taken um, just a few weeks ago, I think. 
yeah. a picture of her. And, and every time I look up from my computer screen, there she is. And it, it just puts a smile on my face. So I look up and see her little face. And then I look to the left and there's sunshine. I'm telling you, it's all I could do to walk down here uh-huh. into this studio uh-huh. uh, behind this mic. But I knew my friends were going to be here. So I didn't want to, you know, miss out on hanging yeah. out with them. So we're Daddy here. here is beaming at that. Yeah. <laughs> now she is awfully cute. And I, I tend to think she looks like you. But we tend to think a, a child looks like the person we know best. I know your yeah. wife, but I don't know her as well as I know you. And I don't know her face as well as I know yours. Because I literally have to stare at it at least two times a day across the glass here in the talk studio. Well, for what it's worth, I'll tell you this. My wife has a round face and mine is more angular. And Aria's face is also uh, more uh, circular, round. Yeah, yeah. So. That's true, but the features to me resemble you more than mom. But again, I know I'll your face. I'll make sure face. to point that out today <laughs> when I get it's, home. It's probably because I know your face better than I know her lovely face. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're going to have some fun today. We're going to look at the lighter side of the news and... Uh, Talk about my daughter. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can bring out your proverbial uh, mother load of pictures that you've taken and videos and little yeah. memories of your little sweet girl. I will tell you, any kid born today Mm -hmm. who has parents that, you know, have phones or whatever, there is a treasure trove of stuff they'll have to look at later because the barrier to entry is so much less than it used to be. absolutely. I mean, I have no idea what I looked like until I was probably two or three years old. There's a picture of me somewhere off in the background. Kids today, they can watch their nails grow because there are so many pictures yeah. of them from the moment and there's an they app for start. It. Yeah, exactly. And if they didn't look that good, your mom and dad can fix you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they can enhance your appearance. So you might have started out an ugly baby, but by the time they've doctored up the pictures for your self-esteem sake, because you're going to grow up to be a snowflake, uh, for your self-esteem sake, they're going to fix you up. You will be a gorgeous, beautiful child that everyone would admire unless you actually saw you in person. (laughs) I've always concluded that the reason my parents didn't take any pictures of me is because I was that ugly child. Because they're beautiful, um, professionally taken pictures of my brother, who's the firstborn, and my sister, who was uh, for many years the, the baby. And somewhere in there... Nobody dressed me up and took me to the photographer. So are you the second or third child? I'm the middle child. That's why. Yeah, I'm the middle child. So somehow that first child, oh, they're all excited. And then that baby child, you know, why didn't you take me when you took the baby child? That's what I, it's, you know why? Because I was the ugly child. (laughs) And they didn't have an app for that back then. So So in order to spare me the humiliation of seeing myself, you know, as an older person looking back, uh, they spared me the uh, the pain. Yowza. So now I just complain about not having pictures, but in the back of my mind, I know the real reason. <laughs> are you, are you relieved then? or? <laughs> well, I don't know, know quite what to think, but there's no <laughs> record of how ugly I was. So it, it is sort of a relief because everyone will assume, well, she couldn't have been that ugly, uh, even though I apparently was. Um, by the way, my youngest brother, who came along 14 years after me, treasure trove of pictures of that baby. He was the cutest thing you ever saw. So I've uh, Maybe figured it out. Maybe the camera just broke for a few years mm-hmm. after you came along. So the professional photographer couldn't have taken a picture during that time. And by the way, there's only a year and six days between me and my uh, younger oh. sister. So we're talking about, uh, you know, take the one-year-old and the baby. <laughs> One-and-a-half-year-old and the baby. Unless, of course... 
The one and a half year old is an ugly child. There, there is some suspicion now on my part that maybe what you're saying is true. I'm telling I, you, I don't I've, know. I've had many, many years to give this some thought. And this is, a, you know, I have a birthday coming up in June. I've had 60 years to think, well, I'd say 58 years. Didn't occur to me until I was a little older. So I've had a, I've had a few years to think this through. And on the one hand, I'm grateful to my parents, but they could have maybe taken a picture and waited until I was elderly and then slipped it to me when it wouldn't have made that much difference or when my eyesight was fading. But as it stands, there's nothing. Absolutely nothing. Hmm. But I'm not bitter about it. No, Clearly, not at all. I've gotten over that or soon will. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show on what is uh, least being billed as a fun Friday program. A bit later, we're going to invite you to help us think through some of the things that accompany beautiful weather like this as I've already confessed to having forgotten, forgotten. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back 20 minutes after 4 o'clock. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show on a fun Friday afternoon that just so happens to be sponsored in part by Zero Res. Nothing more needs to be said. That pretty much covers that it. That covers it. Um, looking through some of the lighter news that uh, has come up over the last few days, this is actually very useful. We broadcast in the interest of the public, and I thought this might be uh, useful for those of you who are used to being fleeced by the city of, oh, I'm sorry, did I say fleeced? What I meant was, um, paying fees for parking your car in various places throughout the city. Hmm. Anyway, Portland is launching a new app to help drivers pay for parking. There's an app for that. Well, how about that? Yeah. Uh, It's no secret parking meters can be a hassle. Yes, they can because they exist. doesn't matter if they're working or not. They're a hassle either way. Sometimes it's the trade-off between paying for time you're not going to use and trying to determine how long you're going to be there. That's what the Portland driver says, Ryan Woodward, who is quoted as commenting on the challenge, the hassle of the meters. Uh, That's changing, we're now being told. On Thursday, the city of Portland launched their new, uh, it's called the Parking Kitty app. Okay. I guess that's supposed to be clever. Parking Kitty app. Uh, It's for your smartphone. Yeah, so you can somehow use your smartphone to help you park. No more waiting in line at a meter. No more going back to your car to stick a receipt in the window, according to Dylan Rivera of the Portland Bureau of Transportation. Instead of paying at a conventional parking meter, you know those parking meters we paid a fortune to have installed, you can pay from your phone. If you need more time, you just add it. Uh, There's no running back to the meter to pay and print out another receipt. Now, I don't know how your car tells the meter reader that you have been covered, but uh, drivers will be able to add time until they reach the maximum time limit posted for each particular zone. If I'm running late and I don't have um, uh, to do that awkward, I got to jump up and put more money in the meter thing. It makes a whole lot of sense. Um, And it's welcome, says another driver here in the city of Portland who apparently has used meters. Uh, uh, I like convenience and my nickname is Kitty. So what could be wrong with that, says yet another Portland driver. All you have to do apparently is to sign up. Type in the parking zone, your license plate number, how much time you'll be there, at least how much time you think you'll be there. After that, you add your credit card information and voila, as they say. Seems really straightforward, says another Portland driver. If you extend your parking time and put uh, put money in through your phone, uh, you'll hear a, you guessed it, purr from the parking kitty. <sighs> 
If you're running low on time, the app will alert you with a meow, which will be welcome during a meeting. This just sounds ridiculous. It does sound ridiculous. Um, It is possible to mute those notifications if you're um, more of a dog person or you don't want a meow or a purr in the middle of a meeting that you're attending. Uh, There is a 10-cent fee to use the app for each parking session, so uh, it's going to cost you a little bit more. That uh, fee pays for the app. People will still be able to pay at conventional meters. If a parking enforcement officer doesn't see a receipt in the window, they'll check the license plate to see if the driver has paid through the app so they can check up on you. The app can be used anywhere in Portland, at Portland State University, parking garages, Washington Park, you name it, you can use it. It was developed in partnership with Portland State University and Portland Parks and Recreation. Um, the uh, They say the app's name is a play on the meaning of kitty as a pool or uh, reserve of money. So it's not the cat right. necessarily, but it's a kitty, a, a pool of money. Um, but they are using the kitty sounds. But it also is a nod to Portland's well-known reputation as a cat-friendly community. I had no idea we had a well-known I reputation didn't know that as either. a, as a um, cat-friendly community. Where How are you supposed that? to learn these things? It wasn't in the newspaper that I saw. I you know, I'd like to know what we're known for so that I can try to follow along. By the way, I don't like cats. It's not that I dislike them. I'm just afraid of them. Oh, and here we that go. To the list. All these disclaimers about you and animals. Yeah, well, this particular uh, version of them I'm not particularly fond of. And while drivers say they're excited about the new app, they're hoping the city will also consider rolling out more parking spaces. They say parking spaces are becoming harder to find as the city grows and as more and more of the streets are used for other modes Bikes. of transportation. I won't get into that because you think the kitty thing is uh, is boring. You ought to hear my views on the other subject. So anyway, there you have it. You can uh, download the app. And uh, what are they calling it? Parking Kitty. Oh, isn't that something? Meow, meow. By the way, uh, once a year, 7-Eleven sets Slurpee fans loose on its convenience stores all across the country. And that's also true today until 7 p.m. Um, sugar addicts, your time has come from 11 o'clock this morning to 7 p.m. this evening. Uh, today and tomorrow, the slushy beverage dispensers will carry bring your own container provision. So long as the container fits uh, within certain guidelines, as long as what uh, whatever you're packing is watertight and uh, no more than 10 inches in diameter, it's good to go. So you can bring your own container and Fill it up with the Slurpee of your choice. There's a limit to one huge Slurpee per container, and the chain's website says it should be food safe. So don't put it in, you know, an, an open gas can that you <sighs> emptied out to put slushy stuff in it. By yeah, the way, please don't. <laughs> one fill is a dollar and fifty cents. Uh, need a bit of inspiration? Well, you can find it there uh, in uh, bringing your own cup. There's a picture in the Oregonian story of a young girl with a pitcher that you'd find in a restaurant full of Slurpee. Uh, and they've had all kinds of other interesting things uh, brought in. Today's the day to do it till 7 o'clock p.m. So gather up the kids if you're looking for something to do that will take you outside of the house. It won't cost you very much, $100, $1.50 per container. And um, make your way to, out into the sunshine. So there you have it. Well, a woman in Pennsylvania fashioned thousands of Starburst wrappers into a dress to commemorate the day she met her husband. Now, we celebrated our uh-huh. 35th wedding anniversary. I should have thought, I should have kept some <clears throat> memento of those 35 years. A Starbucks, Starbursts, wrappers, or cans of pop, or, you know, who knows. 
um, butter wrappers. I, I don't know. But Emily Seilhammer, she um, shared photos of her dress made up of more than 10,000 Starburst, Starburst wrappers to her Facebook page. Um, she says she's been saving Starburst. Why am I calling it Starbust? Because I'm thinking of Starbucks Starburst. and I'm looking at Starburst and I'm getting confused. Yeah. Starburst wrappers diligently with the help of friends and family for four years to create the debt, the address. <laughs> and although uh, enough were saved, she organized them in colors, ironed them, folded them into links and made candy wrapper chains. And that's what the dress is made of. She said she then used elastic thread to sew the multicolored wrappers, uh, the links, into fabric to create the elaborate dress. So it's not just the wrappers. They are mounted onto fabric. And the dress, by the way, lays rather nicely. The complete ensemble also features a pair of shoes covered in starburst wrappers and a corsage made out of, you guessed it, starburst bag. I didn't realize there was a starburst bag, but... Um, her corsage is made of a starburst bag. She says the project was inspired by the story of how she met her husband back when they were in high school. My husband and I met when we offered, uh, he offered rather, to pack a starburst a few years before the project started. As his favorite candy, he began to save grocery bags full of wrappers for her. The dress had a nice spot next to the uh, uh, gift table at, at their wedding almost two years ago. Ah. Well, Sile Hammer says um, that the dress was one of her earliest upcycling projects and inspired her to continue the to pursue the art. It's what started everything for me. Yeah, because I do all sorts of upcycling and I paint a lot. Her hard work eventually earned uh, her a shout out from Starburst's official Twitter account. Shout out to Emily Seilhammer for making the most delicious looking dress of all time. Starburst wrote, by the way, if you want to see her artistry she has a facebook page and it's simply titled artistry and upcycling by Il, uh, emily seilhammer so uh artistry and upcycling sort of an interesting thing to do yeah alex uh, bartholomew thought he would do something interesting as well and he shared photos as he got down on one knee to propose to Brittany fox caton now there's nothing all that unusual about that it was in a field in mclean but uh, this was taking place while a twister raged in the distance. They are storm chasers. So he took a moment to stop chasing the tornado that could be seen in the distance to bow down uh, on one knee and propose to Brittany Fox Caton. Wow, what a day, they said. Great storms, and most importantly, she said yes, he wrote on his Facebook page. Bartholomew told Kay- uh, Clayton, that's her last name, uh, they were going on a routine storm chase while he was actually planning the extravagant proposal. So I guess he was just waiting for the storm that would provide the opportunity. I had no idea. It was a complete shock, she said. Uh, she was uh, interviewed on Inside Edition, the television show. I just nodded because I couldn't get words out. I was tearing up so bad and maybe the roar of the storm off in the distance. Uh, Bartholomew enlisted the help of his friends, Jason Cooley, who managed to capture photos of the massive storm behind the proposal. I wanted to get the tornado right in between them, Cooley said. I was worried the tornado was going to disappear. The tornado uh, the tornado waited for us. The scene was perfect. Well, I wouldn't have been worried about it disappearing. I would have been worried about it moving 
in my direction, but the tornado appeared to be about two miles away from the couple and was likely one of two reported by the Storm Prediction Center near McLean, neither of which caused any damage. Bartholomew, the now um, fiancé, said he was overjoyed following the proposal, which exceeded his expectations. I really wanted to combine my greatest loves into one shot, he said. It was better than what I imagined. So there you have it. If you're looking for something um, interesting for a proposal or perhaps a promposal next year, you might want to look for severe weather storm. <laughs> 31 minutes after 4 o'clock, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the Friday edition of The Georgine Rice Show. Clark Hilton, by the way, is, uh, is here. He's engineering the program and weighing in from time to time. Well, a um, senior student at Harvard University, one of the Ivy League universities, the most prestigious institutions of higher learning in the country, um, he decided his senior thesis was going to be a little bit different. While other Harvard University students were writing papers for their senior thesis, Obasi Shaw was busy wrapping his That's not with a W. That's an R-A-P-P-I-N-G. Rapping. Well, Shaw is the first student in Harvard's history to submit a rap album as a senior thesis in the English department, the university said. The album called, let's see, Liminal Minds uh, has earned the equivalent of an A-minus grade, good enough to guarantee that Shaw will graduate with honors next week. Um, Count Shaw, among those most uh, surprised by the success of his project, The 20-year-old from Stone Mountain, Georgia, a suburb of Atlanta, said, I never thought it would be accepted by Harvard. I didn't think they would respect rap as an art form enough for me to do it. Well, he did it, and I'm not sure if he had a backup if they hadn't, but he described the 10-track album as a dark and moody take on what it means to be black in America. Each song is told from a different character's perspective, an idea inspired by Geoffrey Chaucer's 14th century classic, The Canterbury Tales. Uh, Shaw, who is black, also draws on the works of writers, uh, writer James Baldwin, uh, Baldwin while tackling topics ranging from police violence to slavery. His thesis advisor, Harvard English lecturer Josh Bell, said Shaw is a serious artist and he's an amazing guy. So apparently... The advisor thought it was acceptable. He was able to turn around an album that people in the English department would like very much, but also that people who like rap music might like, Bell says, again, his advisor. Harvard undergraduates aren't obliged to submit senior theses, but most departments require it to graduate with honors. Often it takes the form of a research paper, but students can apply to turn in an artistic work as a creative thesis. Some submit screenplays, novels, or poetry collections. This is the first rap. Shaw was uh, at home for winter break in 2015, struggling to find a topic for a written thesis when he told his mother about the creative thesis option. Uh, He had recently started writing his own raps and performing them at open mic nights on campus. His mother connected the dots and suggested he record an album for his thesis. Thanks, Mom. Uh, it, uh, It took him more than a year to write the songs and record them at a studio on Harvard's campus. His friends supplied many of the beats while he taught himself how to mix the tracks into a polished product. In fact, he did all of this himself. I'm still not satisfied with the quality of the production just yet, but I'm constantly learning and growing, Shaw said. Rap and hip hop have uh, drawn growing interest from academia in recent years. Harvard established a fellowship for scholars of hip hop in 2013 and other schools, including the University of Arizona, have 
started to offer minors in hip-hop studies. Clemson University announced in February that a doctoral student submitted a 34-track rap album as his dissertation, a first for the Southern California University. Shaw plans to circulate the album online for free and hopes it opens doors to the music industry. In the meantime, he's headed to Seattle to work as a software engineer at Google. So if you're looking for something creative to do, worked for him, and mom uh, apparently influenced the decision that he made. Well, there's lots of graduating going on. And by the way, Clark, it'll just be a very short time, and you'll be yeah. attending one of them. You know, first there's the kindergarten graduation, then there's the high school, or maybe at the end of middle school. I don't know if they do something then, but before you know it. But one Pennsylvania woman who said her only regret in life was not finishing high school has now received an honorary diploma at age 105. How about that? Yeah. Teresia Brandle, she donned a cap and gown on Wednesday at her Oakdale nursing home to celebrate, uh, surrounded by four grandchildren, eight great-grandchildren, and five great-great-grandchildren. She attended Stowe High School until she had to drop out to care for her ailing mother. The school was later merged with a nearby school forming Stowe Rocks High School, that's R-O-X, Uh, which awarded her the honorary diploma. The diploma was arranged by the Twilight Wish Foundation, which helps fulfill wishes for people over 65. After Brendel uh, was nominated by an administrator at the nursing home. So what a sweet celebration that was. In fact, the article had a picture of her in her cap and gown, holding her diploma to the delight of her children Mm -hmm. and grandchildren and um, five great, great grandchildren looking on. So I guess the moral of that story is it's never too late. No, never it's not too late. Well, in the state of Oregon, it wasn't late for a little boy who decided he really needed to take responsibility for what he had done. Oregon Governor Kate Brown offered a pardon to a fourth grade boy who sent her a letter to apologize for taking a hazelnut, singular, and a pen from the Capitol building. Well, either his conscience bothered him or his mother did. Uh, Governor Brown posted a photo to Facebook showing the boy's letter, her response, and the pen, and a $1 bill that he sent with a note to make up for the pilfering that he had done during a class trip. Uh, The boy wrote, Dear Governor Brown, My class visited the Capitol on April 19th. While we were there, I took a hazelnut and pen from the Capitol building. (laughs) These things were not mine, and uh, it was wrong for me to take them. I am very sorry. I hope you and the people of Oregon can forgive me. Is that the sweetest thing? The governor and the people of Oregon sincerely, and only gives his first name, Samuel, who happens to be in the fourth grade. Well, the note Brown sent in response reads, Samuel, thank you for your note of apology. On behalf of the people of Oregon, I accept your apology and forgive you. The governor elaborated in her Facebook post, Samuel, in exchange for your apology, debt repayment, and return of the pen you lifted, <laughs> I formally pardon you from any further penalty, she wrote. I hope the pen coming your way will be an adequate memento of your visit to the Capitol. Come back soon. So apparently she sent a pen, perhaps not the same one, back to fourth grade Samuel uh, in, uh, in an uh, expression of thanks for his uh, honesty. I would love to know the story behind that story. Yeah. If it bothered him and he confessed to someone and they suggested he write the letter or if uh, he uh, was discovered with it and, you know, interrogated, where did you get this? And he, I would love to know that backstory. But the one that we do know, the, the details that we do know are pretty, uh, pretty sweet. So maybe uh, fourth grade. Maybe Samuel, there's hope for the world. Yeah, after we'll, all. we'll run for some office someday and be an honest, upright, forthright leader. 
one can only hope. Well, the uh, world's first official Nutella cafe is opening in the United States. I didn't know there were official Nutella cafes, but one's opening right here in the U.S. Fans of the popular chocolate hazelnut spread can soon get their Nutella fix all day long. Now, notice the consistency. The Nutella spread is made from chocolate and hazelnuts. And what did the boy lift? Perhaps he was attempting his own little spread. Hmm. Anyway, um, the world's first official Nutella Cafe will open in Chicago. Uh, The restaurant, which is owned and operated by the Italian candy company behind Nutella, says it will offer lovers of the spread a complete Nutella experience from the menu down to the decor. Mm, Sounds tasty. It's designed to make you feel like you're actually walking into a jar of Nutella, says the director of operations (laughs) at Big Retail, who consulted with the maker of Nutella, speaking to the Chicago Tribune, visitors will find a wide range of not just sweet but savory menu items, both with and without the popular spread. A few specialty offerings are uh, warm grilled baguettes with Nutella, ooh, fresh toasted hazelnut and blueberry granola with yogurt and, you guessed it, Nutella. Uh, waffles topped with warm fruit compact, a compote rather, toasted hazelnuts and a Nutella drizzle. For those with less of a sweet tooth, the cafe has a variety of paninis, um, soups and salads. All right. Road trip. <coughs> yeah. Well, the two-story space has an open floor plan with uh, uh, tables and cafe style seating. And while there's an upstairs, there are... Um, uh, there's a roundabout uh, of red couches and even a fireplace, so you're intended to come, make yourself comfortable, and uh, stay from the dripping Nutella-colored covered uh, uh, embellishments on the ceiling to the red accents inspired by the Nutella logo. Everything in the cafe is inspired by the jar, according to the Chicago Tribune. The cafe officially opens on the 31st of this month. In a press release, the uh, owner of Nutella and the proprietor announced that At the grand opening, the first 400 visitors will receive a free menu item, along with the chance to win other special surprises. Do you think they'd send us to Chicago for the opening of the Nutella Cafe? Well, we can ask. Let's ask. Well, in the meantime, we'll just spread it around. (laughs) 46 minutes after 4 o'clock, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back 50 minutes after 4 o'clock. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, former Vice President Joe Biden is about to get a pretty sweet tribute from Cornell University. The self-proclaimed ice cream enthusiast is set to have a new flavor of ice cream named just for him. Wouldn't you like to have a yes, I would. ice cream? What kind of ice cream would your... Yours be oh, I don't know. Now you're putting chocolate? me on the spot. Would you have hazelnut? Or no, no hazelnut. Thread of... Um, Nutella running through that? Nope, nope. I'm not sure. A Jamocha almond fudge would be, mm. that'd be good. Jamocha chocolate. That would. <laughs> that would be my ice cream. Jamocha what chocolate. What would we call it? Jamocha chocolate. Yeah, but it's supposed to be named after you, isn't it? Yeah, but would you eat ice cream named Georgine? Nah, I don't think so. Well, it would be intriguing. Like, oh, that's an odd name. I should try that. Oh, that's an odd flavor. Yeah. Well, the self-proclaimed <laughs> ice cream enthusiast is set to have a new flavor of ice cream named just for him. Vice President Biden, uh, who was selected to speak at the prestigious university's commencement ceremony on the 27th of this month, has made his love for the cold, creamy treat well-known over the years, declaring in 2016, I eat more ice cream than three other people uh, you'd like to be with all at once. So he is He said that? Yeah. (laughs) 
He apparently really likes ice cream and eats lots of it. Apparently. According to the Cornell Daily Sun, the university newspaper, where Molly Mendel, a soon-to-be graduate and former Cornell dairy intern, they have dairy interns, learned that the former vice president would be speaking at her graduation. She alerted Deanna Simmons, the quality manager and academic programs coordinator at the Cornell Dairy, about collaborating on a flavor. But given how often Biden appears with ice cream, she wasn't even sure how to begin the process. There's um, a pit. There are rather pictures of him eating all kinds of ice cream. She told the Cornell Daily Sun. She added, um, I didn't even know how to figure out what his favorite ice cream is. Well, she decided to call you dairy creamery. It's an ice cream shop near Biden's undergraduate alma mater, the University of Delaware, to find out more. She was told that the vice president loved vanilla ice cream with chocolate chips. So Cornell's signature treat will be uh, taken uh, from that uh, notion and a take on the classic ice cream combination. But what should it actually be called? They also wondered. Cornell students were asked to suggest a name for the new ice cream flavor. And according to the Daily Sun, the Convocation Committee and Cornell Dairy received 150 submissions. Now it's down to five. Biden's Chocolate Bites. Bits and Biden. I like that. (laughs) Big Red. Okay, I'm not getting that. Oh, I see. Uh, Big Red, White and Biden. Okay. No. Uh, not your average Joe's chocolate chip. That's Too wordy. Cute. It is, but it's a, kind of a Ben and Jerry, get everything and you can. Not your average Joe's chocolate chip and Uncle Joe's chocolate chip. Well, he's been called Uncle Joe. That yeah, would work. quite some time. Uh, but your favorite was... Um, Bits and Biden. Bits and Biden. Yeah. I, I got a like, winner. I, <laughs> I kind of like not your average Joe's ice cream or chocolate chip. It is wordy. Uncle Joe's chocolate chip. Uh, Big Red, White, and Biden is not doing anything for me. It could be easily misunderstood, and there could be protests. You never know. So that one's out, Yeah, as far as we're concerned. You know, there have been a lot of speculation about where the bees have gone. You know, there's a real concern, in all seriousness, that the, the bee population is no longer thriving, and we've without them, it's going to have a tremendous impact on our ability to produce the food that we need, not to mention the other things that they do for us. But Uh, One Georgia woman had a massive beehive removed from her home after learning uh, that about 120,000 bees have been living in her ceiling. So maybe they've gone in from the the cold uh, and we might want to look in people's homes. We're hearing more and more stories of bees locating in residences or at least in buildings. Well, this Decatur homeowner uh, discovered the six foot long hive filled with bees after hearing buzzing come from inside of her house and calling her beekeeper friend to help her handle what she suspected to be a much smaller bee problem. Several hundred bees emerged uh, from the ceiling after her friend created an opening, uh, but they seemed uh, seemingly had no interest in entering the beekeeper's bee box. I'm, I'm not sure why they would. They have a comfortable place, the queen's there and everything else they need. Um, they had a condo in our ceiling, Why would they want to go into a little box? The homeowner speculated. Well, Georgia Bee Removal employee Bobby Chasen eventually used a specialized heat-sensing camera to slowly uncover the massive hive. Did the first hole in the ceiling, and it was uh, a little bigger and a little bigger and, well, a little bigger, bigger, he goes on to say. And it ended up being about six feet long. Definitely this year it ranks up there with the uh, top two that they've ever done, at least in that area, Decatur. Well, the uh, homeowner said, or rather the uh, uh, bee removal employee, said that he was uh, stung about 10 to 15 times while uncovering the hive that contained about 60 pounds of honey. Over the course of about six hours, 
He said he used a vacuum to suck the bees into a large canister, which he plans to use uh, to safely relocate them. He suspected the bees had been living in the ceiling for about two years, and her neighbor said the previous owner at the home also had a large beehive removed, which tells you that it's probably going to be back. Um, The homeowner said that her encounter with a massive swarm made her slightly more afraid of bees, but she was looking forward to the opportunity to try some of the honey that was removed from her tenants who paid nothing. Uh, My roommate is furious for not getting any honey, she said, but the beekeeper said he would bring them uh, some as he removed the the entire hive. But that would be uh, quite a thing to have that many bees in that large a hive uh, tucked up under your your ceiling. And apparently they would swarm from time to time. Now, my guess is they'd have to find the source of where the bees are entering and exiting in order to avoid this from uh, happening again. But since the previous homeowner had had the same problem... I wonder if it's possible to prevent the bees from returning to a place that has been uh, quite comfortable for them. Okay, this reminded me of the starting start of a joke. A ferret walks into a British spa. That's the headline. It goes on from there. It freaks out employees. But a ferret walks into a spa. There ought to be a joke. Uh, security cameras at a British spa and restaurant. That's kind of interesting, a spa and restaurant. Uh, we're recording when a, a ferret wandered in through the front door and gave the employees quite a scare. Well, the video posted on Facebook, as everything tends to be, uh, said that the uh, video shows a ferret nonchalantly walking in through the business, the open door, scurrying along the reception counter under the nose of an oblivious employee. A customer alerts the woman and another worker to the ferret's presence. And at first, they don't appear to believe him, but the second woman soon spots the ferret and makes a run for safety. And you know how when you get flustered and you're running for safety and you've been caught off guard, the other woman stays put but is noticeably concerned. So a ferret walks into a spa, the Facebook post said. This is what happened on Monday when this little fella arrived at the uh, location uh, without a membership card, by the way. We are pleased to say he is now being safely looked after. Now, we don't know if that's by the angels or if he's just been relocated to a safe place where ferrets can fellowship with other ferrets um, but are not eligible for spa treatment. I'm going to have to give that some thought. So a ferret walks into a spa. I wonder what he was looking for. That's the, you need uh, to get your joke writers working on this one. Yeah, I'll submit that to, to James right away. <laughs> He'll have some high-tech twist to it that no one will get, but it'll, it'll be funny. All right, we're going to take a break here in just a moment. When we not come yet, back in not. the second hour, we're, we're going gonna, to... Uh, we're going to have to just uh, do a little more show before the break. Yeah. Well, I'm just was, letting you know. I was actually talking there. So we're going to uh, take a break here in just a few moments for news and traffic at the top of the hour. But when we come back, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is to help us sort through some of the things that we might find favorable uh, during this hot summer-like weather. Now, we're not in the summer yet, although when you're talking about 90-degree temperatures on a Monday, uh, that sounds pretty summer to me. Now, we're just ending a very long season of wet weather, the longest stretch we've had in this area, at least uh, in terms of the the period of time we've kept records. Uh, And it's been a long time since we've had very hot weather, so we're going to invite you to help us sort through some of the things that we enjoy during hot weather that you may have forgotten about. So stay with us. News and traffic are up next. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the second hour of The Georgine Rice Show on this fun Friday afternoon. We're awfully glad to have you with us. Clark Hilton is engineering today's program and he's weighing in as well. James Blend is producing and we're glad to have you along for 
the ride. Before we resume our efforts, I wanted to remind you that Saturday night, that's tomorrow night, 6 o'clock p.m., the uh, Portland Singing Christmas Tree Choir is presenting the uh, first hymn sing of 2017 at New Hope Community Church. You are invited to participate. In fact, admission is free, but they do encourage and ask that you would download a ticket. You can go to their website for that at singingchristmastree.org or phone them. And I think you may still have time for that at 503-557-8733. Say, yes, I'm coming. Now, uh, there's a free will offering that will be taken during the hymn sing, and that will help underwrite the call cost of the auditorium that has so generously been made available by New Hope Church. And uh, they're also serving a chicken dinner earlier that evening. Uh, That, for the most part, is prepaid, but if you arrive and you're really hungry, my guess is you can probably talk them into feeding you a little something. (laughs) That's an editorial comment. I have not been told to say that, but just... Something to keep in mind. Anyway, the Portland Singing Christmas Tree is uh, going to give you an opportunity to raise your voice along with them. We're talking about a 150-plus voice choir. Uh, Timothy Greenwich will be there. Coral Walterman, Aaron Tamblin. Um, uh, oh, I can't think of her name. But also a soloist that will be a part of this wonderful event. Uh, the doors will open to the auditorium at 5.30. The dinner, for those of you who have uh, prepaid for that, uh, begins at 4.30. Um, Again, it's a ticketed event with general admission seating. There are uh, some who uh, have uh, sought after some special preferred seating, and you would have arranged that through the office. And there's a wheelchair seating available as well. Um, I should mention that um, the youth from North Clackamas Christian will also join us for this event. They'll be singing uh, as well. Some of the hymns that you uh, will be invited to sing along Amazing Grace, Great is Thy Faithfulness, Just a Closer Walk with Thee, Arise My Love, and many, many more. So audience participation is a must. And um, again, that's coming up tomorrow night with the doors opening at 530, the concert beginning at 6 at New Hope Church, presented by the Portland Singing Christmas Tree Choir. I also want to remind pastors that KPDQ invites you and all of your associates to our annual KPDQ Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. This year's tournament will be uh, taking place at the beautiful Langdon Farms Golf Club in Aurora, just south of Wilsonville, on Monday, July the 24th. A full 18 holes of golf will be followed by a delicious lunch. The cost uh, is $20. Space is limited, but I'm guessing there's room for you, so go to kpdq.com. Put your name in and those uh, others that would be joining you, the associates, the elders, whoever you want to to golf with. Again, kpdq.com, KPDQ's Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. Really, really fun event. Now, we were talking earlier, James Blend and I, about the fact that the sun is out and what a glorious change this is from the long season of wet weather that we have had. We talked about it earlier this week. We've set a record in terms of the length of time as well as uh, approached a record that's been around for a very long time uh, in terms of the amount of rain that's fallen. But it's nice to get a bit of a reprieve for the next several days. Do you have any big plans for being out of doors over the next couple of days? I know you're celebrating your anniversary. Yeah, we're going to go to Astoria. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah. I don't know if the uh, weather at the coast is going to be as nice not as they're saying Not quite here. as nice, but uh, not raining. Yeah, that's not. And you never know what you're going to find at the <clears throat> coast. True. So it could be a beautiful. And, of course, you're celebrating an anniversary with your little girl uh, along in tow. And it doesn't get much more beautiful than that. But we were talking earlier today about uh, some of the things that we enjoy in the summer that when the weather turns like this is just as good as summer. 
So I want to ask you a couple of questions and invite you to weigh in. Popsicle or ice cream bar? Iced tea or lemonade? Hamburger or hot dog? Sprinkler swimming pool? Indoor dining versus outdoor dining? Now, for those of us who have been in the uh, cool Pacific Northwest weather for the last several months, in fact, I think it was October. It's rained from October right through the present. Um, we may have forgotten some of the things that we really enjoy in summer. So we want to encourage you to call and answer these questions, one or the other, and we'll uh, remind you of the list. And then tell us some of the things you really enjoy doing when the weather turns fine like it is right now and will remain for the next several days. Gardening, hiking, what do you do? Uh, What do you enjoy doing in the early spring when the weather is warm, the sun is high, everything is dry, and we can enjoy... Well, the Pacific Northwest at its finest. Now, our telephone number in Portland, 503-786-9390. That's 503-786-9390. Or you can call us toll-free, 1-800-845-2162. 800-845-2162. You can also email me at um, instantrice at georgienrice.com. Okay, let me ask you, Clark. Popsicle, ice cream bar. Ice cream bar. Iced tea, lemonade. Both for an Arnold Arnold Palmer. Oh, together? Yeah. Well, there's something. I can never say that. Arnold. Arnold. Arnold Palmer. <laughs> you have to think about it for a minute. Yeah. Hamburger versus hot dog, and this is grilled. Hamburger. Really? Yeah. Um, sprinkler versus pool. Pool. I could have guessed that. And I'm thinking, you know, more of a kiddie pool than, you know, an Olympic-sized pool where you can no. actually swim. Uh, indoor versus outdoor dining. You go out tonight after work, you take the family out, you sit in a night like this, you sit indoor, you go out. Well, you know, there are some extenuating circumstances here. You want to say outdoor, but a lot of the places you'll sit outdoor, you'll get exhaust fumes because they sit you right by the parking lot. Yeah. Um, if it's at home, outdoors fun, but then the bees show up. So I'm probably going to be indoor with the windows open. Oh, there you go. Screens in the windows, I'm guessing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I um, spent a lot of time sort of deciding what our backyard would be like. I had a grill back there. I set up a table and chairs, and we have another little seating area where you can just sit and lounge and, uh, you know, to make kind of a nice backyard. And I thought, you know, we're going to spend the summer outside eating and just hanging out and having a great time. Dan Rice just does not do the outdoors. He doesn't want to go out there to eat. He doesn't want to go out there to sit. Really? Yeah, he's just... Not even to sit? Not just to... You know, I might coax him out there for five minutes or so, but he doesn't want to do the whole outdoor thing. But my mother, who lives with us, now she will go out every day and enjoy some time sitting outside uh, in the middle of the day or even in the evening. Sometimes we wait till it's pitch dark out and we light the little uh, torches and uh sit out there and just enjoy the evening. But Dan Rice... He is, as James described himself, an indoor pet. So (laughs) that doesn't happen. So what do you enjoy doing when the sun is high, things are warm, and we have a little time, as is the case for this weekend? 503-786-9390 in Portland, 503-786-9390, or toll-free 1-800-845-2162, 800-845-2162. You can also Email me, instantrice at georgienrice.com. That's probably the harder version of the email address, but we'll go with that. You can also do georgine at kpdq.com. It's probably easier. I would think. Okay. And that's G-E-O-R. But instant rice is very clever. G-E-N-E, by the way. George, and then add an N-E on it, and that's how you, how you get that. Okay, popsicle versus ice cream. 
iced tea versus lemonade, or as Clark put it, a combination of the two. I would never adulterate one with the other, but for those who prefer the Arnold Palmer, that's one option. Have you ever had one before? I believe I have, yeah. Mm. I just really love lemonade, you know, a tart, good lemonade, and I like a really good, fresh, cold iced tea. So a hamburger versus hot dog, grilled. Um, Sprinkler versus a pool, little pool. Indoor versus outdoor. Now, when I was growing up, you put on the sunsuit, you'd run through the sprinkler. I used to love that. We um, did that at my house, too. Yeah. Sitting in a kiddie pool as an adult, it's it's the perfect alternative to, um, you know, being someplace else. But that's that's another option. 503-786-9390 or toll-free 800-845-2162. Quick break. We'll be back. Love to hear from you. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show Podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back 21 minutes after 5 o'clock. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show, brought to you in part today, ladies and gentlemen, by Toyota of Vancouver. Clark Hilton is engineering, and um, he's weighing in from time to time. When I got stuff to say. When you got stuff to say. Uh, we are talking about uh, things you enjoy doing when the weather is fine. Popsicles versus uh, popsicle, I suppose, singular. Although, is a popsicle singular since there are the two halves of it? You know, you split it down yeah, and it's, then a popsicle. it's one unit. Or popsicles. It's one unit. It is one unit. Yeah. Once it's on Although, the... you can buy one spear at a time. So and that's a popsicle. It, it Those are small somewhat, popsicles. Somewhat uh, confusing. Anyway, popsicle versus ice cream. Iced tea versus lemonade, hamburger versus hot dog, sprinkler versus the kiddie pool, indoor versus outdoor dining. I'll let you know what uh, what I think in a few moments, but we'd love to hear from you. 1-800-845-2162 in the Portland area. That's our toll-free number, 1-800-845-2162. Or you can call us directly at 503-786-9390, 503 503- Seven eight six nine three nine zero. You can also email me at georgine at kpdq dot com. Want to know what you uh, what you like to do during summer? In addition to those matchups, uh, which of those items you prefer? Again, in Portland, five zero three seven eight six ninety three ninety or toll free eight hundred eight four five two one six two. Well, Dutch passengers on KLM flights might have recognized the co-pilot's voice when he introduced himself on the airline's. City Hopper Services, and by the way, they're not having any trouble in The Hague in the Netherlands uh, with their flights. It was um, not just their co-pilot that was telling them the weather conditions and the estimated time of arrival. It was, in fact, their king. I heard about that. Yeah. Uh, King Wilhelm Alexander told National Daily The Telegraph in an interview uh, published on Wednesday that he has ended his role as a regular guest pilot after 21 years on KLM Fleet. Um, there are 70 planes, and before that, and uh, on the Dutch carrier uh, Martinair, he will now refrain, uh, rather retrain, to fly Boeing 737s. The Fokkers are uh, being phased out uh, of service, so he's going to continue to fly, oh, just not that particular airline and that particular uh, aircraft. And while it is no secret that he is a qualified pilot who sometimes flew KLM passenger flights. It was not clear how frequently it happened. Well, the Telegraph, it reported that he does it twice a month. Uh, as a guest flyer, the king is always co-pilot. The 50-year-old father of three and monarch of 17 million Dutch citizens calls flying a hobby uh, that lets him leave his royal duties on the ground and fully focus on something else. Wow. Uh, what is it? Once or twice a month? I'm wondering if that's frequently enough. It probably keeps him current in terms of 
being able to fly. You have an aircraft, passengers and crew. You have responsibility for them, the king told the Telegraph. Uh, You can't take your problems from the ground into the skies. You can completely disengage and concentrate on something else. That, for me, is the most relaxing part of flying. Well, Wilhelm Alexander said he is rarely recognized by passengers, especially since security was tightened on board planes uh, in the aftermath of 9-11. Before September 11th, the cockpit door was open. People regularly came to have a look and uh, thought it was nice or surprising that I was sitting there, he said, adding that very few people recognize him as he walks through Amsterdam's uh, airport in KLM uniform and cap. You just wouldn't expect to see the king of your country in such attire. And even when he makes announcements to passengers, he says that a, as a co-pilot, he doesn't have to give his name. So while some people recognize his voice, it is far from all passengers. Most people don't listen anyway, he said. But that's one way to just kind of uh, relax and... Uh, separate himself from the duties of rulership. I'm not sure what the system is there. I've been to the Netherlands a few times, but I'm not sure if the monarch uh, is one or the king is one that uh, is politically involved as much as some other leaders. But nonetheless, it's kind of an interesting thought. Uh, What would you think if you were in the airport, you boarded the plane, you hear a voice over the loudspeaker and it's Donald Trump flying the plane? I would be getting off the plane immediately. (laughs) Okay. It was a rhetorical question. I know what you would do. (laughs) Anyway, but to hear the president of the United States is flying the plane would be uh, frightening uh, and other things maybe as well. It would have been okay if uh, like uh, George H.W. Bush had uh, flown the plane because he was a combat pilot in World War II. So I would feel safe. I'm, of course, thinking that whoever the president was, that was a hypothetical, would know how to fly. You don't really want me answering (laughs) this question at all, do you? Just move along? Okay. (laughs) It was a rhetorical question. Mm. Oh, you know, we talked a a few days ago, maybe it was last Friday. I lose track of time when it's so beautiful out. Uh, But Nordstrom was was selling a pair of jeans that were, well, caked with mud. It wasn't actual mud. It was mud-like substance that would apparently remain on the jeans once you washed them so that you would look like you were a working person even if you were not. Now, a lot of people uh, thought that was rather comical that you wanted to look like you were working, but not that real um, dirt that was accumulated in the process of uh, of hard work would not be acceptable. Well, I learned today that there's another pair of jeans that you can purchase for four hundred and twenty five dollars and it features pant legs that are attached with buttons so that you can remove the legs. And they are, in fact, a pair of shorts. shorts and quite short shorts. Online retailer opening ceremony is getting into the bizarre upscale jeans trend with a pair of $425 convertible pants from Y Project. The detachable cutout front jeans are composed of a pair of high-waisted shorts that are very short. It probably should have short shorts with two pant legs that are connected to the shorts with buttons. And unlike other short pant combos, these are... Uh, leave a gap between the bottom of the shorts and the top of the pants, so you can actually tell that they're detached in some way, except for the buttons. These two-in-one uh, trousers come in a straight-leg silhouette with slim-fitting detachable uh, shorts that feature high-rise cutouts along the front, the product description reads. And they'll only cost you $425, the latest bizarre jeans to make headlines after uh, offering such as the 425 jeans pre-caked with mud, a $100 pair of completely transparent clear jeans and the $95 clear knee mom jeans. 
uh, with plastic windows in the knees, the, the knee area. I wonder if they're just novelties, they were trying to get a little attention, or if they're actually producing them with the expectation that someone's going to buy them. It's not clear to me which is the case. All right, we're going to get to the telephones. Uh, We've asked you to talk a little bit about uh, what you enjoy doing for summer, and we'd love to hear what uh, what you come up with. Let me get this out of the way here. All right. Good afternoon. You're on the Georgine Rice Show. Hi. How are you? I'm pretty good. Going to see you tomorrow night. Oh, wonderful. You're coming to the hymn sing? You better believe it. I won't miss it. It's a lot of fun. It really is. So make sure your voice is all warmed up and we'll sing together. Okay, we can do that. (laughs) We can do that. Okay, I have a few questions. uh, A few questions for you. Popsicle or ice cream bar? Ice cream bar. Okay, you're with Clark on that one. Iced tea, lemonade? Iced tea. Yeah. Hamburger, hot dog? Hamburger. Sprinkler, swimming pool? Swimming pool. <laughs> Indoor dining, outdoor dining. Indoor. Indoor. Well, there are lots of bugs and other things. So what do you enjoy doing when the weather gets warm like this? Just not having to wear a coat. Yeah, isn't that nice? To just wear <laughs> your, your, your inner clothes and not have to wear the outer stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely I, yeah. right. <laughs> I carry, if it's, if it's cold, I don't relax so good, I don't think. Yeah. Trying to keep warm is difficult sometimes. Yeah. Well, you won't have any difficulty for the next few days, and I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. That's good. You better believe it. Yes, we're going to have a good time singing and praising the Lord. Absolutely. If you see me, would you make yourself known? I'd love to give you a hug. Oh, I sure will. You might recognize me. You've seen me before, but you wouldn't know my name. (laughs) Okay. You know how that is. You see too many people. (laughs) Well, we'll see you tomorrow. God bless. Okay, thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We are back 36 minutes after 5 o'clock. You're listening to the fun Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Hey, if you have um, a desire to send your child, your grandchild, a niece or nephew to a Christ-centered education, I want to encourage you to check out the Listener Savings webpage for KPDQ because we have listener savings on tuition for Christian schools in the Portland area. In fact, we have savings of up to 40%. We've extended the uh, school tuition discount, and you can go to kpdq.com to learn more. Again, visit visit, uh, listenersavings.com. I think I misspoke a moment ago. Uh, Right now to save, that's listenersavings.com. Well, YouTube is often a training ground for amateur beauty gurus. I know that you consult that often to figure out, you know, how to comb your hair and what to wear and so on, Clark. What kind of hair gel do you use? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but one man in Egypt has harnessed the platform, uh, the power to heat up his career in an unconventional way. Young people in Cairo are visiting the hairstylist. His name is Mohammed Hanafi. Uh, so he can set their hair on fire, according to a news station <laughs> there. Um the international branch of China State Broadcaster CCTV. Now, it's a, new, a unique technique that he says he learned after watching a YouTube video showing a Pakistani barber using a similar technique. Now, when you uh, think about using heat to style and cut hair, we're not talking about a little flame from a camera. He is using a blowtorch, and the flames probably extend from the origination point uh, a good three feet. Wow. These, it's a flamethrower, essentially, that he's using to style hair. Something tells me this is not likely to take off here. 
Well, Hanafi uses a blowtorch and hair products to literally light his client's hair on fire to straighten their hair. Now, we know about curling irons and and flattening irons, but this is taking it to a whole new level. Uh, He claims that uh, his hot hair treatment allows his client's hair to stay straight longer than the traditional methods uh, that do not also uh, threaten their lives. Uh, He also says that the fire helps preserve color, prevents split ends, and destroys, or rather, removes dandruff. Oh, I'm sure it does. I'm sure the dandruff is more flammable than everything else. I'm not sure how that happens. But the Cairo hairstylist says, uh, also says that he had a hard time persuading his clients to let him light up and do their do when he first tried the technique. I'm sure he did. How can I tell them that I will set their hair on fire and convince them that it won't harm them at all? That on the contrary, it would improve their hair, he says in the video, according to the translation. And the translation, by the way, is uh, from Africa. So you've got Africa, China, Cairo, all involved in this thing. (laughs) Well, the barber says his technique works best on clients with thick hair because it's better at uh, taking the heat. You know, my hair is, I have African-American hair, so it takes heat really well. Much, much better than a Caucasian uh, sister's hair. But I'm telling you, an open flame doesn't seem to me to be a good solution for anybody. But he says the technique works best on clients with thick hair because it uh, it's better at taking the heat. He modeled his technique after that of, um, well, some barber in some place in Pakistan whose video went viral earlier this year. However, his technique appears to be slightly different from uh, the technique we're highlighting today. According to a video uh, that was shared by the Huffington Post India Did you realize there's a Huffington Post in India? I did not. He appears to use a simple lighter in Pakistan. Well, Hanafi appears to use a blowtorch that has a stronger and continuous flame. Yes. You can hear it when when he's doing the hair. You can hear the the flame shooting from the blowtorch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This hot trend is similar to the technique that uh, another stylist used, Ramadan Adwan, whose salon has become popular in the city of Rafa uh, on the southern Gaza Strip. So I'm guessing if you live in places where you've had some real conflict, maybe a flame, you know, just above your head isn't quite as frightening as it might be if you're sitting in uh, Edward Wadsworth here in, you know, in in Beaverton. (laughs) Well, Adwan, who's the owner of First Look Salon, told the uh, Mideastern News uh, paper, the name of which I won't attempt to pronounce, that he used a protective cream and uh, claimed that the heat from the fire barely touched the hair. Adwan said in February that barbers in Gaza have used fire to remove ear hair since 1990. So really? in addition to having it, you know, used to shape uh, your hair on your head, they're also using it to remove ear hair. So you've got fire shooting it <laughs> into your ear canal. This doesn't sound You could not get safe. yourself insured to perform these services <laughs> oh here God. in the States. Oh, for the paperwork alone. I, it's hard to imagine, but these are techniques that are catching on. Dun-dun-dun. Anyway, uh, the barber that we're talking about, uh, who's highlighted in this story, may have just started torching his clients into a stylish new look, but it seems like he's already a pro. He recently told the paper that uh, in the African version of it, thankfully, work has been going smoothly since I began. They didn't interview any of his clients, which I would mm. love to have uh, uh, heard from. But They're can all you suffering imagine? from second-degree burns. <laughs> Can, cannot speak at this time. Yeah. But I can't imagine having a flame three feet long uh, being shot. You know, Michael Jackson, did, did he not know anything about what happened there? 
he was carried off on a stretcher in that one gloved hand, just barely waving yeah. to the crowd. Yeah. And that uh, that burn actually ended up being a major part of the reason for his drug abuse, and it's a part of his long, sad story. I want to say, too, that it's very uh, discomforting to hear that people are, you know, removing the hair from their ears with this, too. I mean, <laughs> get some scissors, some yeah, I, some cosmetic scissors. Just uh, Yeah. I, I wonder yeah. what happens uh, in this case uh, in Egypt. He's in Cairo. And, of course, there are others doing the same. He uses a very large blowtorch. Others are using much less by way of heat. But I wonder what happens if he makes a mistake. I mean, your hair is very flammable, isn't it? When um, it, it seems like it would burn very quickly if it were. Well, I don't know. Let's try a test. <laughs> I'll go get some matches in the kitchen and we'll see what happens. But he does say that there's some sort of a uh, a product that he puts on the hair. Apparently it's not cooking grease because that would not be helpful. Would but that be diesel fuel? Or, I, I, yeah. I don't know, but he puts something on the uh, on the hair that makes it less likely to burst into flames uh, and disfiguring his clients who apparently return. <laughs> now, we we haven't heard from any of the clients. I, I've seen him use the flames on a client in the accompanying video, uh, and one of which uh, was from Pakistan. And by the way, you can look that up. Uh, he's a Cairo hairstylist, but if you look up this uh, this concept, you can find on YouTube um, examples of what they're of what they're doing. Anyway, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't allow it on my hair. But this is all so troubling, so troubling. It seems to me that people are just looking for something, you know, to up something. You have to I do know. something bigger and better and badder, and in order to gain the attention, people are killing themselves, putting themselves in harm's way in order to get a really good selfie. Uh, without any uh, concern about the danger they've put themselves in. And I, every week I hear stories, multiple stories of people who have done some foolish thing that on its face says, don't do this. But mm-hmm. in the interest of a really good picture that someone may or may not see on Facebook or some other social media platform uh, and will forget, you know, three minutes after they've seen it, uh, they're willing to risk their entire life. How many people have fallen off cliffs or yeah. drowned themselves uh, trying to get the right shot? I was reading an article earlier today, and I, I tried to print it and just couldn't couldn't uh, get it. But the number of selfies that um, I think wasn't millennials, it may be focused on millennials, but the number of selfies that they will have taken through the course of their life, it was an astronomical number of pictures being taken of oneself. Now, not all of them are dangerous, of course, but... Um, there's this interest in being seen and heard for a moment or two, even if your life is put at risk in the process. Anyway, I wouldn't do it. We're not going to try that here. We're not going to do the hair thing. Unless, of course, you're willing to, uh, your hair's pretty short, so yeah. there isn't a whole lot to lose. You keep it nicely quaffed, but it's short. So if it did, uh, if it did. I'd go up in flames. <laughs> yeah, pro- you probably would. Yeah. So we'll leave that alone. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back to wrap things up on this fun Friday afternoon on a beautiful, Mm. beautiful, sunny Friday afternoon. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. This is the final segment of the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. I know I'm going to pause so that there can be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. I want to give you a quick look at what's coming up next week on the program. We have a little bit of information, not the full week. But on Monday, we're going to talk with Nan Self. The book is titled Forgiveness, Making Space for Grace. A clever title, but a more meaningful subject. 
Nan Self will join me on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we'll talk with Rebecca Gregory. Her book is titled Taking My Life Back, My Story of Faith, Determination, and Surviving the Boston Marathon Bombing. She was maimed as a consequence of that event, and she's going to tell her story some years after that event. You know, we oftentimes are are captured, and rightly so. Our attention is is focused on the event itself, but we lose sight of the, the fallout, the aftermath, the men and women who were seriously injured, some of uh, whom were amputees. Uh, and we're going to hear Rebecca's story some years after the uh, uh, the Boston Marathon bombing. One of the bombers is languishing in prison. The other was killed as a result of events um, involving their uh, the search for them. Um, but Rebecca was one of the victims, and we're going to hear her story when she joins us on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, Food for the Poor will be with me here in studio. It's an opportunity for us uh, to once again uh, catch up on what's happening in various places. We're going to be looking at uh, an area in Haiti and in uh, South America, in Guatemala, and you'll have an opportunity to hear uh, what's happening there. Uh, you may not be aware of the fact that there was a severe weather event in Haiti, and this is a recurring story. Uh, this is the poorest country in our hemisphere, uh, and we're going to be focusing on the poorest country in South America. And we're going to uh, focus on, for example, in Haiti, where they had another major weather event that has set the people there back uh, significantly. But we have an opportunity to provide uh, food and water uh, that will sustain whole communities. And we'll give you all the details about that when we're joined by Food for the Poor on Wednesday and look forward to that. We know that the holiday is coming up next Monday. No, the Monday after next. And so we are going to be sharing some uh, special programming related to that as well. So that's kind of what's uh, coming up uh, next week. Now, I happen to have uh, James Blend engineering this portion of the program. And I wanted to ask James, who has declared many times on this program recently, as well as some time back, that he is, in fact, an indoor pet. Uh, we are going to be experiencing, we're told, some very warm weather. In fact, Monday, temperatures are expected to reach as high as 90 degrees. Now, we're getting into my territory when we're in the 90s. But, James, I'm wondering, do you have big plans for the weekend, and does the weather make a difference for you and how you're going to spend that time? The weather makes no difference. My actually, This is actually a weekend we had, we've had planned for a while to do a lot of work around the house, so the weather is kind of irrelevant. It so this is indoor work. that we have to do it, but no, no plans to go outside much. So you're just going to stay in the house with the air on? For the most part. I, I have a feeling our daughter will make us break that uh, rule a few times, but... Uh, we just have a lot to get done. Now, has she actually seen warm weather in the Portland area? It's been quite a while. Um, no, she saw, obviously she saw last summer, but uh, we pretty much had to take her to California and Texas to get warm weather in the past <laughs> uh, eight, nine months. She might be a little confused about where she is when she goes outside and sees that great yellow orb in the sky and fluffy clouds surrounded by blue sky. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. To give you an idea how messed up with weather that she is because of everything that's happened... She still looks up at the clouds, and every time she sees a cloud in the sky, she goes, snow. <laughs> well, this will be a teaching moment for you then <laughs> to explain to her uh, the difference between snow, clouds, explain what the blue stuff surrounding the clouds is, and that great yellow sun up in the sky. For the longest time, we couldn't figure it out. Why does she keep talking about snow? It makes no sense. But uh, she just wound up associating the clouds with the snow. 
course, she also thinks the earth is a ball. So, you know, two-year-olds, what can you do? (laughs) Well, I suppose in a sense it is. She has no concept of how large that ball is, but she isn't altogether wrong. But I've looked at clouds from both sides now. I won't go on. Anyway, I'm looking forward to doing a little gardening. Now, Saturday is a very busy day. I'm going to be at the Union Gospel Mission's uh, women's tea tomorrow morning. I'm really looking forward to that. And then tomorrow night, the Singing Christmas Tree, as you probably know by now, is hosting uh, its first uh, hymn sing of 2017. So we're going to be at New Hope Church. I know that uh, some of you will be there. If you see me, uh, please, uh, please come up and say hello. I would love to uh, to greet you. Uh, and if I see you, I'll do the same. Uh, you also have an opportunity for a chicken dinner that had to be uh, paid for ahead of time. So folks will be fellowshipping and then we'll come in and uh, do some hymn singing together tomorrow night. And I'm looking forward to what will be a very full day, but a great day uh, as well. But I'm hoping to get a little gardening in somewhere, uh, maybe on Sunday afternoon, because I'm I'm way behind. With all that wet weather, I should have put some new lawn in, uh, grass seed or, or something. But uh, now that it's getting hot, it's about time for me to start working in the garden. I'm always a little bit behind as, as far as the time. Yeah, it's one of those things that uh, we have a couple things that we need to put down on our lawn as well, and they want you to have three straight dry days in a row. Well, I, you know, I haven't had t- three straight days, but they also want them to be under 85. It's like, oh, you figures. <laughs> it really, really figures. So I'm kind of paralyzed. I may try it anyway and just take the risk that those extra three or four degrees don't do in the weed and feed. But uh, Yeah, I, Monday being 90, you might need to wait because that's pretty high. <laughs> And if we're anywhere even approaching that, that's going to be a problem. And it will burn your lawn. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. So you might need to hold off. You have an excuse for a few more days. We'll have to use the next uh, three nice days somewhere in the middle of August. <laughs> I'm wondering what the weather's going to be like for the holiday weekend, Memorial Day coming up uh, the weekend, week after next. James has given me the signal. He is looking it up even as we speak. In any event, Memorial Day coming up. Not this coming, but next week, and looking forward to enjoying a little time with family and friends. That happens to be the anniversary of the date I, uh, my family lost my older brother. So it's a, a bit of a bittersweet holiday, but it's good to be together, uh, to remember the love of family and hang out. And we're going to be doing a little bit of that, hopefully in some uh, some warm weather. James is checking on that. But I just want to remind you that on Monday, we'll be talking with Nan Self. Her book is Forgiveness, Making Space for Grace. You got an update? Yeah, it looks like uh, one, it should be sunny right through um, next Thursday. It starts to cool down and heading into the Memorial Day weekend. Partly cloudy, mid to, mid to upper 70s. So well, not not, uh, not glorious, but uh, not horrible either. But dry question, will it be dry? I don't see anything above a 10% chance of rain in the, in the forecast right now until the uh, 1st of June. Really? Oh, that sounds wonderful. One can only hope that that will be the case. Well, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you this at this Friday afternoon on a fun Friday show here on the Georgine Rice Show. I want to thank Clark Hilton, Hilton rather for engineering today's program, James Blind for producing all of today's program and engineering a small portion. And thank you for making the Georgine Rice Show part of your day. Have a great weekend. Don't forget the sunscreen. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at GRice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.